Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Mayhem. I'm your host, Justin Harvey. You can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75. You can find the entire show on Twitter at MMMShow75. And if you go to that page right now, you'll see a whole bunch of tweets that I just dropped from tonight's Lucha Underground because it was sick. What's going on, Byron? Where you at? I'm, I'm just hanging out here in a hotel room in Florida in the great United States of America. I watched the East Coast feed. I know what happened. People on the West Coast are in for a big treat tonight. That's at Byron Fever. You can find him on Twitter yeah. somewhere to say bad That's things a- to him about his whole family if you want to, because I won't stop you. Don't um, say bad things about my family. I don't think Jimmy got to see the show, but he's with us tonight, too. What's up? What's up, guys? I am currently en route home from work, stuck in Los Angeles traffic, per the usual. <laughs> That's as good a place as any to talk about Lucha Underground, but you were there because I was sitting right next to you for this whole friggin' ordeal tonight, so you know know what happens. I mean, I'm not even sure how much time I was actually sitting because I'm pretty sure I was standing for the majority of it. Well, and we got cleared out of the way a couple of times, too, because a lot of this match took place on the hard concrete over by our section. Oh, yeah. And who's the other masked adventure in here? What's up, Urban? You there? What? I don't have I don't have a mask on. What's going on? Hey, that's his that's, actual that's, face, dude. That's my face, man. The hat has a shadow, which looks like a mask. <laughs> Look, <laughs> Urban up. scared the crap out of me today, y'all. Urban <laughs> couldn't find his dog, and he was like texting in his DM about it. And dude, ever since I worked on pit bulls and parolees, like lost dogs torment me. Like I go to sleep and I have nightmares about lost dogs. And as soon as Urban said it, like my whole heart broke. But you found your dog, right, dude? He's right here. Yeah. He's Hello. sleeping. He's passed out. <laughs> He's passed out, bro. Dude, that's He's some here. scary stuff, I'm, though. Were you freaking out? Were you losing it? I can neither confirm or deny. I yeah, I was I was freaked out. I was worried. I had like a fucking panic attack. It was my pup, man. I raised him since he was. You know, little. <laughs> Dude, you seem pretty calm and cool. I mean, we were just talking in a DM, so I couldn't hear your voice or anything. But you, you trust me, man. Like, I couldn't even respond at first. Like, I was freaking out. Like, I wanted to fly to Tennessee and start looking for your dog with you. I do not like the lost oh, dog. Oh, man. It, it sucked. That was like two and a half hours of driving around anyway. Oh, snap. Um, So... A very little and a lot happened tonight on Lucha Underground. <laughs> um, I mean, it was all basically one match with Pentagon, Woo! but it was four opponents. This is crazy. Byron, who the heck are these ladies? You know who these ladies are? These ladies are um, some of the top uh, premier non-WWE talents in the world, regardless of gender. Uh, they wrestle primarily for um, stardom. stardom. We are stardom. Yeah, stardom. And uh, and I mean, basically, I mean, they are incredible. I would. I hope that they're on uh, Lucha more often. Um, I'm going to butcher their names. I just am. Okay, um, go for it. That's what. But, that's why uh, I asked you. Yeah. I, I'm Casey also wearing a mask. Yeah, that's why we wanted Casey here for ten minutes so he could actually do say all the right names. I'm wearing a mask that's like two sizes too small as well, so I can't actually uh, enunciate as bad as I usually do. Uh, but uh, um, the the big star of the night, uh, Hito Kiri, uh, is I think uh, Iro 
uh, E O Shirai. If I'm pronouncing that right, I know how to spell it. And she's just she's absolutely oh, awesome. Um, and then you have um, Mayu uh, something. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah. I'm in the middle of tweeting the, the <laughs> link, and I can't look this up. <laughs> Urban. In the Yiddish League in Japan? <laughs> Urban, I'm tagging to you. Uh, no, no, tag out. Tag out, bro. I'm <laughs> done. I don't, I don't. Urban just dropped from the apron, avoiding the tag. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Mayu, Mayu Watani was awesome. She was the second competitor. Um, uh, Yuri, I believe is how they pronounced it. Uri, Uri, Uri. Um, she was. I mean, they were all awesome. She had a really great uh, double stomp to the midsection, which I don't think we've seen a double stomp like that in Lucha Underground yet. Um, and she had an amazing uh, crossbody off the top rope uh, to the outside to start off her match. Um, and then the first one, who was Daku or something? Doku. 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 Poison is the easiest way to translate that. He, she's the one with the best double drop in the business. Um, yeah, you saw it there for a minute. I mean, she went just straight vertical and came down with it, too. It wasn't like one of those long leaps, but I mean, she yeah. got serious air. She does a thing where she, when she jumps up, she kicks her lower half of her body above the elbow. So for sure, the elbow is just the point of impact. I mean, it's it was awesome, but she got greedy, and <laughs> you paid for being greedy. Actually, Justin, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't people already popping for the setup of the elbow before, like, she even did it? Just because, like, so many people in the crowd already knew her? Yeah, I mean, people, I think, actually knew, and, you know, I, I knew that they were coming that weekend, so... I studied up um, a bit. I had seen more of Shirai than the other ones, um, but it it was uh, like the smart marks in the crowd knew what was up. And it was weird, too, because they were mostly on our side. Like the fans that were in the bleachers didn't seem to know them as well because they're more mm -hmm. like the tri AAA and CMLL fans. But like over by us, there was like a whole contingent up behind us of smart marks that I didn't even know that seemed mm -hmm. to really pop when they came out and knew exactly what was going on. Maybe they came for that express reason. I don't know. I want to, I want to interject with, uh, with, uh, Doku's real name, uh, Kari Hojo. Hojo. I'm, I'm butcher. I'm butchering it. But if you Karai. just Google, correct. If you just, uh, Google Hojo and elbow drop, it, it'll be worth your time. Um, Oh, we got, uh, there's tweeting and I'm doing like 15 million things at once. Wednesday night has become like the focal point of my entire universe. Um, so, I mean, I think people were surprised that the first match with Doku wasn't more of just a straight up squash. Like, yeah, she got in some offense on Pentagon early. Like when Pentagon was fresh, I don't think people were expecting yeah. that. What did you guys think? Uh, well, I mean, they were all competitive, but just, just in the in the temple, Pentagon Junior was awesome. Pentagon Junior upgraded to Pentagon Dark, and became the toughest luchador or the strongest luchador in the temple, aside from Matanza. Now Matanza is, I don't know, 
at this point when the episode starts you don't know where he's at so pentagon now is the toughest luchador in the temple and then you see uh that this uh competitor who is much smaller in stature and it's hard to see her being competitive against him until she starts like just destroying him with open palm strikes walking around with a big old strut like she's not even sweating it like they all had this attitude about them in a ring that was just incredible you're like they're gonna kick some ass yeah and and you know the black well, lotus triad here had been working all weekend in vegas and <laughs> other places too and they came in fresh like yeah. you know kayfabe aside i was not expecting them to come in quite this fresh or to get booked this well like yeah that was amazing i mean to come in and you're basically getting the top guy i mean there's only three or four guys that are really at the top of lucha underground it's like you know they could have drawn maybe ray mysterio and it would have been better who knows but i mean they got pentagon day one in the temple so we were all stoked right urban what is the, what is what? that picture of you, Urban? What is is that a what? horse? Is that a is that trigger? Is that handsome Larry? That's uh that's handsome Larry's father. <laughs> not not so handsome. <laughs> yeah, not not so handsome uh, Leroy or something. Oh god, okay. <laughs> barely attractive. <laughs> that picture only serves one purpose, and it actually holds the only pay envelope I've ever received in my life. For rest, for doing wrestling related things. Uh oh, so they, that, that check came from Lucha Underground then? <laughs> hey, <-o. Yes. laughs> it was actually cash. They they couldn't put me on the books. You know how it is, being heel and whatnot. Hey, you know, you just got to take it wherever you can. And get like it. and like and like Gallo says, man, if it <laughs> it don't come in a white envelope and I can't snort snort shit through it, it ain't fuck. I ain't taking this payment. So, <laughs> um, well. There's a, actually a check coming to the MMM show for these. Um, Woo! Mine's getting to, I haven't gotten mine yet. Mine's still mine. getting printed. It hasn't been shipped yet. Wow. Wow. I wonder why. Maybe because I was probably the first order or something. I don't know why I got mine so early. Maybe because I was the seller. But I got mine on Saturday. I think it's because yeah. I'm in Tennessee. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> My estimated delivery date isn't until like next week. Wow. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Well, I got mine, and you know, half of the sales came from these guys right here. So thanks for the check that's coming, guys. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Keeping thanks the show live, of course. Yeah, very thanks, cool, Lucha. You know. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Give thanks to Lucha Underground. God, I might get it out of my fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but we're actually going to pay our hosting fees and keep the show on the air another month. Yes. Yeah, we get to keep doing this. Yeah, and, and we get to we'll see. Look, basically, we're still paying for it ourselves because we're like the ones that bought the shirts. But at least we got shirts out of paying for the show this month. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And it's something in return for your money. And according to EV Dub, they're temple ready. Yeah, he approved them. He says that I have that tweet. I saved that picture. <laughs> I will show that yeah. to whatever Waffle House security guard tries to throw me down a flight of steps when I come in with it. Well, the funny thing is, I'm, the first heel shirt I wore to Ultima Lucha, and I was—I even told them, like, yeah, DJ said it was cool to wear, and they wouldn't let me wear it. See, and now, now it's acceptable. 
Now, yeah. now it is. I think now it is. We had yeah. to fill out a form. We had to fill out a form. <laughs> I can't wait till Pentagon walks to the ring in our MMM show shirt. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because I didn't make a pentaplegic model. That man's got no arms now. I'm jumping the gun, though. We haven't even gotten to that part yet. Um, <laughs> wait, so the second match was... Which one was it? Uh, that was... Um, Tony Kani. So, Mayu Watani. What? Say that again. Um, who was Uri? Uri was second match. Doku, Uri. Uri was second match. She was good. Um, now, she's tall and thinner, but but right. she is amazingly strong. Yeah. And by the way, they took a lot of vicious kicks to the face from Pentagon. He did not let up at all. No, I mean, especially on Doku. I mean, the kicks and the chops on Doku were super strong. I yeah. thought he took it a little bit easier on what's the second one? Uri? Uri. Uri, Uri, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Doku ran like, like Koto Ibushi, like face first into a super kick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was some stiff, strong style stuff going on here. It was nasty. It was great. Did we have a Lucha strong style chant? I seem to remember that for some reason. I don't know if it made air. I don't. I don't know if it caught all the way around the temple, but it was loud as hell in our section. Yeah. And that I think great. it was. I think it was actually during this match, the second one, um, because by that point in time, we were like. Wow, there's more of this coming. This is super stiff. Was yeah. your was your the one that did man? the was your the one that did the spinning back fist? Um, spinning back fist no. chop thing. I want to say that that was, was Hitokiri. Yeah, Hitokiri. 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 Um. I think it was. Hello Kitty. I know the second one was the uh, the the kill shot esque double stomp because um, we had seen a little bit of. I think the kill shot Dante match that was on last week was also filmed the same day, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Um, so we had seen some of that action already, and it was just like, wow, she's just coming in, jacking moves too. That's strong. They could do what they want. They're the hottest free agents in the business because no one knew that they were free agents. Oh, exactly. I mean, they just kind of came out of the blue. But, you know, EB Dub told a little bit of the story of, of how they got a hold of these girls last week. But um, just purely amazing stuff. And the second match, yeah. uh, you know, we were expecting it. But, you know, Casey was next to us and he was flipping out, you know. Yeah. He was pooping his pants a little bit because he thought that uh, especially after seeing sexy star win the belt that <laughs> pentagon was gonna lose to a girl <laughs> <laughs> I, I will i would like to point out though that for every time that casey uh uh slant uh, casey frowns upon the abilities and performances of sexy star um, who, by the way, I think is the only female luchador or the luchadora in Lucha Underground that Casey openly campaigns against. But anytime he frowns upon her, um, it's because this level of competition is what he's used to or what he appreciates. 
out okay. of female wrestlers. So these ladies put them on a scale with anybody in WWE, Oscar included. I mean, I, where do you think they fall with the with the women in WWE? Uh, Any one wow. of you guys can answer too. It doesn't have to just be Byron. I just know he's a WWE mark. So. I would like that. Jimmy Five. You go because you're oh, a mark. Urban was gone. I mean, what do you guys say? Urban? Oh. Urban's just saying that anybody that's texting me right now, Duke, <laughs> uh, you're fucking up my stream. Quit. <laughs> Important message to the people. All right, now um, we'll let Jimmy answer that question or Urban. I mean, I I would love to see any one of those girls. Uh, take on Sasha, Charlotte, Bailey, definitely Asuka, because that match will be stiff as shit. Um, yeah. yeah, one's got to wonder how many times they could even do that match if one of them, you know, and they've been courted by WWE. If if these the three dumb girls show up in, on the WWE court one day, if they're supposedly doing this women's tournament next year, who knows? Yeah, but I think some of them are getting wise to the whole tournament thing. Like, there's a few weren't signing after the CWC tournament, and there were a few um, independents out there who frowned upon it. Like, um, Paul London had an opinion about it, even though his his buddy, Brian, the Brian Kendrick, uh, was in it. Um, he says, uh, Paul London said it was a loose way to sign 32 dudes. And then whoever got over, you could put them on a contract, which is like a low-risk way of trying to own some well, people. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the Ultimate Fighter, but at the same time, look, it is the most eyeballs in wrestling yeah. Yeah. in the states. If anything, it's just an on-air tryout. That's the way I see it. An extended on-air tryout that keeps you from yeah. engagements everywhere else. Yeah, but at the same <laughs> time, the tryout, as you said, puts eyes on you. So yeah. I mean, it's not really it's all about that much exposure, man. Yeah, it's exposure. Well, I do, I do look at it the same way as Ultimate Fighter. I mean, a lot of fighters have said, "No, I'm not, I'm not going on the reality show and risking my whole thing. You give me a, a real fight in your whoa, wow, that was loud. You What's give me happening? A real fight in your your league, and I'll come there. But I don't want to go into the house and play reality show games and you know not be able yeah. to call my girlfriend for six weeks and be sequestered with no newspaper or whatever you know a lot of people are like i'm not playing that game just to get you know a career in ufc and it's the same way with wwe i mean look you're on the indies you can still get a regular tryout you could still end up on nxt or work a a squash at a house show or even one of the big events i mean you know we we saw what, holly dead was on raw a few weeks back or whatever and mm -hmm. you can it can still happen but at the same time you might not get as good an exposure you know you might not be yeah. wearing the, the cruiserweight strap all of a sudden out of nowhere um, some some people are also very successful and they're at a certain level where maybe they don't need that exposure and to them doing something like that is giving wwe a piece of their brand for below value and it's interesting because the flip side, like you said, is it's great exposure for a lot of people. And also it's just, it creates such a great product for the fans. Right. Also, you have guys like Kota Ibushi who like gets to have his cake and eat it too. He gets to have eyes on him from the CWC, from NXT, and he still isn't under contract. He gets to pretty much do what he wants. Right, which is the, you know, I, I would love to see the, the Threedom girls from Stardom here do that. 
if they showed up, did the women's tournament, got some press, and then jetted out, I'd be cool with that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but I wonder. I wonder how after going to uh, to, to the finals of the CWC, and you have like the final four that they did. And they end up putting the title on TJP because all the good guys didn't sign or were the Brian Kendrick. I wonder if they would do that with the female uh, equivalent, if they would take that chance or if they would try to either lock them down or get them out before the final four. Uh, maybe. I mean, look, they've done it once now, so that probably would streamline it a little bit better for their yeah. ending and, and probably gauge where talent was going to go a little sooner, I think. And I honestly didn't have that big a problem with TJP winning the, the CWC. I just had a problem with the fact that they didn't do Jack with him after that. I mean, and all the other guys yeah. were gone. So, like, his views and everything else just kind of disappeared. And Swan was like... Well, that's, when the, that's because the booking went past CWC and they didn't really think that far ahead. Exactly. Yeah. And that was it, the problem. I mean, it was like the, the first couple of weeks with him and Kendrick were brutal. That program was awful and then finally you know they figured out that they got to let kendrick run the mic even though he's not great i mean booker t schooling him on how to run the mic heel style on the pay-per-view after show was hilarious to me i think he's doing better but kendrick is also a an experienced wwe yeah he's been doing it for a long time honestly he should be better for as many years as he's already put in you know you know take away for the years he took off up in the mountains wherever he was training (laughs) well yeah even even with london and kendrick he didn't get very much stick time he's got a lot more stick time with this angle than ever before but it's like he didn't even have that much mic time when he first became the brian kendrick like it was very minimal it was him and big rick well, it's I, you know, I think maybe some people knew too that he still needed to brush up on it. But at the same time, oh, yeah. the only way you're going to brush up on it is actually go and do it. Yep. I, I thought the Brian Kendrick was an awesome gimmick. I really was a big fan of it. Yeah, same here, and especially like when they gave him the muscle with Ezekiel Jackson. I was big like, rip. oh, we got a we got an HBK Diesel thing going on here. Yeah, but Ezekiel sucked. Yeah, yeah but at the time he didn't angle. have to do anything. Yeah. No, I was a big fan. I just don't think they gave him a chance at all. Uh, but just like after CWC, all that amazing talent, everything they were getting over with, they stripped away and it became raw cruiser rates, which, which they suck. It's like same version of a match you're seeing in the main event, but with people you don't know or care about. Um, well, so the third, the third challenger here we yes. got to talk about, Karai Hojo. Um, or yeah, with Hito Hitokari. Uh, Hitokari, uh, isn't that uh, Io Shirai? Oh, it's Io Shirai. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's Shirai. Um, who is uh, freaking amazing? Yeah, I I just I, I can't talk. That's how <laughs> amazing. I'm serious. I mean, that's what I'm saying the whole time. When we were sitting there, um. Dude, when they peeled back the mat right in front of us, like that, oh, yeah. the, the bare floor spots were right in front of us. Um, as soon as they peeled back the mat, like I was just like, this is freaking amazing. I can't even believe we're witnessing this right now. And even Casey was popping, even when Pentagon was getting hit and beat up. Like that's how amazing it was. Casey was not even salty by this point, like well until the finish of this match. And he got a little salty. But I mean, yeah. 
being there for this was just like the the third part especially when you had seen what pentagon had done already and it was like okay now we're building to something the angle's got to go somewhere is he gonna squash some more or is someone else gonna run in is vamp gonna get involved we had no clue um and it just went that that match was so 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 stiff like one of the stiffest matches i've seen oh, yeah. in the temple since like the what was it daga tejano yeah i think if i think if the stardom uh girls can bring it and handle it that's what they needed to do because every single match each stardom girl or black or lotus triad girl had to prove that they were physically on the level as pentagon dark and every single time they did it and uh uh these names are gonna be the death of me <laughs> Uh, Hito Kiri like starts off like you know like okay that she's the biggest of the three but she comes in and she just straight up jacks the Pentagon and walks around with a smile on her face like it's it was amazing like you get there and you go oh she's gonna win like she can actually not just win but she's going to hurt Pentagon I mean I felt that way from the start I thought the way that they were booking the matches I really felt like he could have lost the very first one. I mean, we were kind of messing with Casey about it at the time. Like, <laughs> you know, all yeah. three of them are going to beat your boy. And, um, you know, don't get me wrong. Pentagon is my boy, too. I love Pentagon. But at the same time, you know, Casey is just fun to mess with sometimes. Um, sometimes. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he was, I mean, we really, I, I don't know. I felt the whole time like it was possible. Like from, from the first two minutes of the first match with Doku there, I thought like, oh crap, the way they're booking this, this could go anywhere. And it was so stiff. It, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them work stiff with other women, but the fact that they just went toe to toe with Pentagon, like, okay, this is just what we do. And he was just like, okay, this is what I do. <laughs> there was no... Yeah. In fact, I think he lit them up harder than he lights up other people that he probably thinks are pussies in real life. You know, he had probably some of his best matches in Lucha Underground that weren't you know Ultima Lucha matches because they just really went after it. But also, um, I think a lot of that the, it was great booking, but just the the competitors, the wrestlers, also just they had that swagger, they had that that. Uh, reality about them that convincingness where they're in the ring and how they walk how they perform each move how they just carry themselves they look like legitimate badasses and that's hard to find yeah i mean i honestly think the third part of this is probably my second or third favorite pentagon match ever mm -hmm. what about does anyone have a comment about how uh vampiro seemed to be breathing heavy the entire show well, Jimmy probably hasn't seen that part yet. What did you I think? I definitely haven't because the show doesn't air for, at this current time for another hour. So, well, I did bring that up earlier. I just didn't want to yeah. continue down that path. <laughs> yeah. Well, spoiler alert: Vampiro uh, gets a boner when Asian women in black leather are fighting. There's a little more in a boner going on. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I know what that's like. <laughs> that's uh 
No more questions. Well, but doesn't that <laughs> no more doesn't, questions? <laughs> doesn't that uh, announce table have a uh, like a toilet paper roll or a tissue dispenser right there on the side of it? <laughs> well, it does have that bucket for the Red Bulls and water. So oh, that's what it is. Okay. See, I thought I saw I thought I saw some hankies or some socks in there that that might be advantageous at that time. Well, I'm just saying, if you empty the bucket, poor, poor striker. You empty the bucket, poor striker. <laughs> Why poor striker? Don't feel bad for that man. What? No, you know he didn't empty that bucket. There's shit on top of them drinks. Oh, oh, oh. Striker had, I think, the line of the night where he said, uh, "Vampiro is saying one of those things that Vampiro says." His striker said, "Well, you are entitled to your half of the table." And Vampiro <laughs> goes, "Yes." Um, <laughs> Brilliant. The the whole Vampiro thing too. Like from where we were sitting, we were looking right at him quite a bit during the match and you could tell that he was just being kind of a little off character but obviously we couldn't hear what he was saying until tonight and Jimmy still ain't got no clue but nope um the way that he was selling it was weird it was creepy it worked like I was I was like this is like watching it on TV it was definitely a new part of the experience for me and it was like damn this is he's really awkward and weird and creepy the opening line that he had uh, on Lucha where he was saying, um, eventually everyone pays for their sins. It yeah. almost like that's almost like the unwritten rule of Lucha Underground, but that's also like you're seeing like Vampiro's kind of coming back into being power back when he was the maestro running, you know, uh, Pentagon Jr. Now he's he's somehow getting revenge or watching his enemy vanquish. Well, now but he says he's no longer the maestro. He says he's he's hung up his his maestro ness. There's no Pope hat vampiro going on here. <laughs> I, I I know, but I saw the end of the episode. Oh, spoiler, spoiler that for Jimmy. We'll let him. We'll 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 let me get Jimmy's thoughts. Yeah, and then maybe we'll, we'll let him go this. home, and then we'll talk about it because I don't want to blow it for the man because it is it's something good to see. So Fair let enough. me ask you guys this. Let's talk about this finish. Um. There, in no part of me at any point in time, A, saw the Far East Destroyer coming. Oh, he called it the Far East Destroyer. Is that what they're calling it? Okay. Uh Yeah, well, I mean, it was was a, you know, sick flip pile driver deal. It was was something close to a Canadian Destroyer. It's a flippy pile driver. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But she was the one that put the rotation into it. It wasn't Pentagon. I mean, she threw that fool, <laughs> and, and it was uh, it was perfect. Like that move was pulled off perfectly, and we've seen that move and close moves close to it in Lucha Underground a few times, and not all of them have been quite so good. <laughs> no, this one seemed to <laughs> land right on the nose, and um, I mean. I didn't see it coming. I mean, Pentagon's setting up for his Pentagon driver, and that's the other part too. She wasn't doing this from standing; she was doing the the move from in the the Pentagon driver position, um, and then they kind of reversed it back and went into the Far East destroyer. Um, what did you guys think of that spot in general? Any thoughts? I just remember losing my shit when I saw it. I was just like, <laughs> "What?" Yeah, I mean. Everything about that was ridiculous. Like I, I at this point, I'm pretty sure uh, my voice was already gone. 
Uh, yeah, I think I was handing you hauls or gums or something because I think we were like, gums. Hey, that's, that's <laughs> it, it took more than one plural, gums plural. Uh, mm, yeah, yeah. It's delicious. We always got something to eat around here. Mm. What are you eating? What's up? What's up? It is the mmm show, after all. I'm eating the, um, I'm eating uh, a taco salad. Uh, it's the, uh, it's like a Sicilian taco salad. It's like the Vinnie Massaro special plate. It's like the blue, the blue paint Vinnie. So, so it's like a chicken wing shaped taco salad. Right. right. <laughs> it's I brought a piece of pizza in the room and I called it, you know, chicken. You brought a, you you brought a piece of pizza to the bathroom and added tacos. Exactly. <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. The Vinny Massaro segments are great. I hope there's like at least two or three more of those. I don't know how many more spots he's got coming. Vinny's like my boy, uh, Uncle Tony over there on TNA that's in all the Deleter Decay segments driving the pickup truck. <laughs> oh, Just God, those things are still happening. Randomly and, and getting over for nothing. I love it. Um, so, and then, okay, so out of this, this crazy Paris Destroyer, we have this arm break moment um which i mean i guess i figured at some point in time somebody was going to get pentagon back and jack up his arms you know above and beyond the matanza slamming him on the unbreakable announce table um but i wasn't expecting it here not at all nope hey you live by the sword you die by the sword <laughs> yeah i mean you figure with as many arms he had broken that night already it was kind of due I mean, I guess so. The other two girls come back out limping, but they, you know, with her or holding their arms, clutching her arms, yeah, clutching their they're arms. They're ninjas. They are. They're ninjets. Ninjets. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't want to be sexist and racist, Byron. Just pick one. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, dude. I mean, two broken arms, like the one broken arm. I was like, oh, cool. You know, we'll still see Pentagon next week. It'll be fine. You know, he can wrestle in a cast. I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that. Be some cool spots. But then, you know, Lotus comes out and takes the other arm. I was like, damn, we got a pentaplegic here. This is ridiculous. My man's got <laughs> no wings. Jurassic Aztec Dragon Jr. guy. Can we make that a, can we make that a hashtag? Pentaplegic? Yeah. We'll do it during it's the West a, Coast feed. Spoiler God. alert. Spoiler alert. Pentaplegic. Yeah. It was, I mean, it kind of was kind of, it was cool that it happened against, that it happened when Pentagon was facing um, competitors that everyone was kind of pumped up for. So it wasn't like everyone would be super bummed that he broke his arms. Like, I think it was a really cool moment, but Pentagon's been kind of a dick about the arm-breaking thing, so as a oh, huge Pentagon fan, he's been kind of a dick about it. And so, like, I see him getting his arms broken. You know, this is vengeance. Someone might have said in the ring, no spoilers, um, in a green mask. And so, you know, I see it, and I go, all right, that makes sense. You can sense. say the in-ring parts. Jimmy was at the show, I dude. I was there for that. I don't want to ruin it for Urban when he watches it when he's not blacked out. Oh, that, that, that'll never. What are you happen. talking about? <laughs> That's not even possible. Yeah, exactly. To do what you just said. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus, what the fuck? Like I'm some kind of he sober would, fuck. 
<laughs> he would need to like sustain two years in a self-induced coma first to come out to the other side of it, I think. <laughs> Maybe longer, actually, I think. Maybe. Well, I if you do that, you need somebody to watch the dogs. I'll, yeah. I'll watch the dog for you if you need to do that. <laughs> There's a lot of people lined up to watch my dog. Because your dog is sweet. <laughs> hey, how come you didn't introduce me to Philip last week? Uh, punishment. Because you smell like pussy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Knee deep in it. Whoa. Yeah. Just kidding, wow. I'm not. Wow. I what? feel like that says a lot. I, you know, I can't talk about her. I like that. That's That's horrible. <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> I, I actually like Jamie and this went to a much darker <laughs> place. I love it. <laughs> we're going yeah, we're going to a much darker place. Um yeah, let's not that's do that. What said. <laughs> I don't oh. I don't know about the oh, oh. Who are, I don't know if we needed Dragon Ass Tekken at this moment at the end, to tell you the truth. I don't know if Dadge needed to be there. No, but I could see it as them just I thought he was there. destroyed. Yeah, I thought he was destroyed. Wasn't well, he destroyed? I mean, they all were. So okay. was Lotus. Acor and... Well, no, according to Cobra Moon, hadn't Dragon Ass. Or no, no, that, that was, was Daga. Daga no. got eaten uh, by Pindar. The other, oh, we you know didn't what? See it. Dragon Daga. <laughs> same, same thing, right? Same thing. Well, one's a little more flippy, and one's a little more stiff. That's true. That's they make true. a great Daga tag team. They can be stiff and flippy. I'm. I miss that son of a bitch. Daga? I don't I don't know. Well, I mean, DJ said it on this show that you, you know, they're never dead until they're dead dead, like Conan dead. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know that we're going to see uh Daga again after Lord Pindar, whatever the hell a Lord Pindar is, took care of him. We'll find out. Yeah, we got to know what we got to see this dude. <laughs> He's like making waves. Um I am guessing that it'll be soon. I mean, they need some fresh storylines now coming out of Aztec Warfare. You've, you've got, you know, the the Mundo Sexy Star stuff going on. You've got this Pentagon story, and you've got Killshot and Dante. Um, and other than that, you need some fresh storylines, some of which were, were exposed tonight that we won't tell Jimmy yet. Um, but, I mean... I got to think the Cobra Moon storyline with, with Drago is going to move forward. Um, you got to open oh, yeah. up some new oh. stuff here. We got to <laughs> figure out what to do with, you know, a few of these guys. Mill, Matanza, Puma is gone in a coffin and whatnot. Um, all right. Well, so let's do this. Let's get Jimmy's last thoughts on this thing. <clears throat> then we'll tie up some loose ends on the parts he hasn't seen. And then uh, we'll let you folks get to the West Coast feed. So, Jimmy, you got any final thoughts on this deal before we kick you off? Uh, I mean, shit, this match is like, or the sh just from what I remember from the episode, it was like amazing. And it, you know, I haven't seen anything like that before, you know, aside from, you know, women wrestling men on Lucha for God knows how long, but to this level, never been done. And the fact that they did, they introed all those all those stardom girls like at the same time at Aztec Warfare and then threw them all in a match with Pentagon. I mean, how else do you intro someone any better? Let alone three of them. Yeah, I mean, that's it. You, you get a program with Pentagon. You come to L.A. for a weekend. 
you know, you get a couple of weeks on, you know, t- national TV from it, and it's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I'd also like to point out the juxtap- juxtaposing of uh, the Mundo Sexy Star match last week and tonight's episode where uh, we had our first female uh, champion, Lucha Underground champion, um, and we watched her have, you know, she wrestled in a ring with Johnny Mundo, uh, and you know she has her pluses and negatives. And then tonight we see uh, like, we see the real thing, you know, the turnbuckles. Yes, she can't run the ropes. Anything involved moving, um, and some other stuff that I was really thinking when I was watching, but I don't want to say. But you guys know what I mean. Well, oh, I mean, but did you think did you think the Mundo match last week was was suspect? I think it's Mundo carrying her, and I think that she brought what she brings to the table in terms of character work and and getting over with the crowd, with her character and you know the emotion of rooting for her as the underdog. Uh, but on the flip side, you have you have the the Stardom girls coming in to, uh, in tonight's episode. None of them looked like the underdog. None of them uh, were presenting themselves as they did good for a, or it was a good match, you know, considering like they all presented themselves on an equal level, you know, without they are the triad. <laughs> yeah. They are what um, basically a mafia. Yeah. <laughs> and they oh, looked like I was afraid of them. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let Jimmy get out of here. Any last thoughts, Jimmy? Um, well, I literally just got home, so I'm going to go prep myself for this episode that I can finally watch. Hey, you're going to um, enjoy it. I will enjoy the hell out of it because I know I enjoyed the hell out of it live, and now I get to finally hear what Vampiro says. So uh, just uh, real quick before you guys let me go, uh, I hope to be back again. And uh, quick plug for the Lazy Booking podcast, by the way. At Lazy Booking. At Lazy Booking. uh, PC. I don't know. (laughs) Did we clear this? Are you just shooting on us now? No, he's good to go, man. You know Jimmy can come on here and plug whatever he wants. WCN. Wait, give give us your tag one more time, Jimmy. At Jimmy V underscore WCN. Hey, and I'm going to go make myself some food and watch this food, damn episode. episode. The segues are dope, too. We're about to talk about them right now. We're kicking you out of here. Jimmy, Peace. go home. Hey. Peace. Hey, that Jimmy guy, that Jimmy guy right there, he, uh, he's still he here. always has a chair for you. Later, guys. He's still, yeah. See you, Jimmy. He always has a chair at the temple for Urban. It's, he it's does. Great. Jimmy's dope. Now we can talk about the other good shit. Because Jimmy's not here anymore. All right, let's do it. Guys, did you know that Katrina um, and Jeremiah first, what's no, his first off, banging? That's it. That's it. First off, Byron, fuck you. You shooting on Sexy Star? Fuck you, man. This, that shit last week broke my fucking heart. You fucking asshole. I didn't make her uh, loose. She sucks. First of all, Lucha Underground is about stories. Story first. I think somebody yes. said that in a, t- in a tweet one point. God, yeah. uh, uh, I can't believe I let you shoot things for some some random project. No, I'm telling it. I understand <laughs> what she brings to the table, and it's great. But also, like as far as like being a competitor in a fighting temple, 
she doesn't exactly hold up legitimately one-on-one against the people she was competing against. I'll believe that she beats Superfly totally. Did you did you did you see her punch that wall? Did you see her punch the wall? <laughs> you know, I saw her try to put one foot in front of the other consecutively. Oh my Wow. Well, well, look, you don't have to worry about it anymore. She's not the champ right now, though. She very well could take the belt right back off of Mundo one of these days soon. She could. I'm just saying it's an interest it's interesting to put her performance next to another performance which is on a different end of the spectrum. Yeah, but I also think it it led to this performance not seeming as awkward. I mean, you know, these I girls thought it looked are, good. Yeah, and these girls are not necessarily huge. So to see them come in, you know, and be able to perform like this, like Shirai's a little bit bigger, but the other girls are not that big. Yeah. You know, I think the sexy star thing sets up the credibility for this match perfectly, in my opinion. It's like, okay, you've seen the sexy star thing, whatever you think of her. But when these girls come in, it's like we've seen, you know, Ivelisse challenging for the title. We've seen the Taya Cage match. We've seen sexy star Mundo. And now when these girls come in, it's – dude, you're talking about the – the most over guy in Lucha Underground, getting it taken to him yeah. by, you know, five foot three Japanese girls. That's not something that an audience. Seeing the crowd to... split. Yeah, I mean, it's not something Seeing that. Seeing the like, crowd split, man. People aren't ready to just accept that out of the blue unless you have good storytelling leading up to it that makes it make sense. And I think that the sexy star set this moment up perfectly. I, I think it would go back. I think they are closer to Ivelisse and Ivelisse's presentation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I know I definitely think Sexy Star was the female luchador of Lucha Underground to do what they had her do. But yeah. I also think she brings a different thing to the table than the triad girls. And Well, I'm salty that I I don't know how much of the triad girls we're going to get because this was, this was good. They should be here more. I want to see them take those trios titles. Hey, it could happen. You never know, but two of them don't have arms now. So four, four arms broken tonight, but maybe not the four that you expected. Two of them were Pentagons. (laughs) Um, so we got to talk about this, the Jeremiah and Katrina thing. Yeah. Um, whoa, 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 what? What is going on, as Joe Schmidt would say? Yeah. Jeremiah, used to bang Katrina, shows up at her work with his new girlfriend, still wearing like his ex's like memorabilia around his neck. Yeah, like, and, and apparently Evie doesn't know about this, and uh, you know, but Katrina was very nice. She was like, sorry about sorry about old girl and what happened to her last week with her little, oh, not again. You know, that was nice of Katrina to kind of pass along her condolences to her ex like that over his new flame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. She, she's thoughtful. Yeah. Hey, that's, what, that's what, what you, it was. It was nice. It was nice. It was fucking nice. <laughs> What did you guys think uh, when she was talking about how uh, it's too bad that he's still in love with her because she's in love with someone else? Yeah. Who do you, thi- uh, who? Who do you think she's talking about? Me? No. Cause, me. Well, she can't be talking about both of us. No, I mean, I, I have, she's talking I have, about I have good seats. I see how she's looking at me and, you know, when she's – 
licking other people. She's like, you're looking at me. It's cool. It's me. I'm mm. fine with it. Mm. I mean, I don't necessarily want Jeremiah coming after me, but it's I'm I'm cool with it. I can I think I can hang. I can run fast at least. The thing is, you still have to answer to Mill Mortis, who, where we've established we're all afraid of. Mill is not in love with that woman. But he's just gonna fight people for messing with her. I won't mess with her though. I don't think Jeremiah's gonna mess with her. Jeremiah, I don't know. the uh, The part I thought was interesting about it was when he said. Or when she said that he was the one that brought her there. Like, so when was that? Are we talking two Wait, years ago? Or did he lock her in the temple time years ago? Is Jeremiah some undead dude from a, half a century ago? What's up? Is he a vampire or something? What, what, is, what I mean, zombie? Well, Werewolf? She has part of the, or he has part of the stone, right? So, like... Right. All these objects. These people are like old as fuck, so he's probably just as old. That's what right? I'm saying. I'm trying to figure that <laughs> it's, out. It's, yeah. but, I mean, he doesn't have a piece of the amulet. He just has a piece of her stone, her mill-controlling stone. So, but I mean, that's got power to bring people back and suck souls out of I mean, jobbers. And, you know Mill's old. You know Mill's old as fuck, so I mean, obviously, he's just as old. Mill's yeah. an old soul. It's, exactly. So, I mean... <laughs> That stone keeps bringing him back to life. What what kind of powers that motherfucker have? I don't know. We've seen it. He has the, red eyes. Do you think that with his love for let me get that stone that, that Jeremiah <laughs> might uh, be going over to the dark side here soon? Is he going to be the new disciples of death for Katrina? I don't know. I don't. People really aren't in the business of making friends. You know, with Katrina and in the temple, I think when you find someone that you know, you fight them. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, basically, we just we don't know Jeremiah's agenda. We don't know who he, we don't know who Katrina's in love with, but we do know that Jeremiah's got a piece of her rock, has had a piece of her whatever in the past, and and, and is now with Evie, who's injured. So, definitely got some stuff set up. You think Katrina put a curse on her ankle? <laughs> a little voodoo doll in the back? <laughs> that would be hilarious. They should have done that. That would have been a great angle. Just have Katrina in the back breaking voodoo doll's legs. Toothpicks. Oh, man. But, you know, they mentioned tonight that the, the challenge for Ultima Lucha, is that still viable? I mean, Evie is jacked. Uh, oh. They said hope, <laughs> hope, right? There was some hope in there. I think. I maybe. I mean, look, it's a long way away. The season is still not even a third of the way through. Hey, I mean, you ain't gonna tell me twice. Episode twelve or thirteen? <laughs> Dear Lord, we're gonna be. There's gonna be a lot of episodes this year, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, Byron, are you looking at the YouTube for? I don't know. I have I have YouTube open. There's a bunch of nerds. Are they asking anything important or relevant that I need to talk about? Uh, Jimmy is still posting or promoting his other podcast in the Twitter account. Uh, and Zero Cool is saying he thinks I look handsome in the mask. He did not say that. That is, um, some, that is some lying that you are doing. 
Race fan Rock KKS4 says he likes my jacket, which is weird, but I appreciate it. And I, oh yeah. Chris, Chris Lazy Duckett. Booking PC at Lazy Booking PC for for Jimmy's other shows. That's Duke. Yeah, and Chris Duckett is going to uh, Postmates us vodka Ooh. for our next podcast. He he guaranteed. He said it's a binding contract. Hey, you know I I do the vodka. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, you can get them vodka, but he you can't said, fucking send me some shit. He said he's gonna save money by never talking to Urban ever again. Oh what? Well, if Urban, if you're on, I mean, he's got to send you some vodka too, right? That's what Duckett said. Exactly. It's in the, it's in the chat. Garrett, like confirmed. Hashtag confirmed. Hashtag confirmed. <laughs> Scroll through it. Um, what was our I'm, other segment? I can't oh. even. Matanza, Matanza Ray. Ooh, ooh. He talked. He I'm going to have some things to say about this. Matanza, no. He just says no. He wants Ray Mysterio after Aztec Warfare. That is so lit, dude. Ray, Matanza Ray, that is a genius idea. He pounded bloody fists into a question mark on the wall. Dario was nervous about it. Like when that happened, I began to think that Matanza is in that cell because that's where he lives. He's in there because he wants to be there. He asked him if he wanted the title back. He was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm cool with that, man. I'm cool with that, brother. I, I just want a little piece of Ray Mysterio. I, I feel bad for Ray. Yeah, you should feel real bad for Ray. Real, real bad. I'll tell you why when we get off the air. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Let me just say, uh, there, was, there was a weekend at the temple where Casey and Byron were not with me, and I don't think Jimmy was there either. I, I went solo uh, on the solo creep one weekend, and uh, some things happened with some things. <laughs> and there were some good things that are, you're going to like to see. Um, but, yeah, Matanza was, was fierce. I hope Matanza gets more opportunities to talk. Like, I was kind of hoping that maybe after he lost the belt, like, Dario would find some way to unpossess him for a little while and, you know, we could see a different side of Matanza, a softer side of Matanza or something. I don't know. Matanza the lover, not the fighter. Love on the rocks. Hey, maybe. What if Katrina's in love with Matanza? I mean, it's not the obvious choice, but it's an interesting one. <laughs> Could you imagine what Matanza would be like if you were having sex? It, no. no. No, that's not what I want to fucking think about. Good God, Byron. That, that was fucking horrible. Except I think that it would be very athletic sex. He would give, he would definitely give uh, women a tour of the islands. Worlds. <laughs> Did I, I botch that like five ways? <laughs> <laughs> totally botched that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. Uh, what was the what was the other segue I need to talk about? Oh, the end. <clears throat> right, I'm not missing another segue, am I? Uh, every so there are three matches, and before there was not yeah, a segue there, there before was... the third one. So there's three. So segues. second match had one before it. Yeah. Third match had one before it. Then the and Black not after Pentagon lost. Was there one before Black Lotus broke the arms? No. 
So then it, that was Vampiro after that. Yeah. So yeah. was that Vampiro? What was that? Okay. Puma Dark Lives. That's uh that that's super Pope. I, w- I want to say something like Super Saiyan, but that's like Super Pope. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even know where he was going. I mean, it's like he took the Misfits thing and like jabbed its eyes out with a pencil and then put on the Pope hat or whatever and came back as, as I don't know. The neck Pope wound. Dark? The fucking <laughs> neck wound, dude. That was... That, that was, was gnarly. That was over the top. That was awesome. That fucking twitch. I, I just didn't. That whole segment was amazing to me. So Vampiro at the end uh, resurrects Puma yeah. and wasn't Katrina. It wasn't uh, you know Captain Vasquez. Um, so apparently Vampiro has some powers in the dark arts uh, still. Mm-hmm. I think we're finally seeing the real uh, becoming of Puma Dark. Like, is he going to go straight up heel now, you think? Well, it's interesting because he told Vampiro he'd rather die doing it his way than live doing it Vampiro's way. So he died doing it his way. Now Vampiro's bringing him back. Where does that put them? Is Puma still going to resist? Is he now indebted? Yeah, I mean, I think now he has to do it Vamp's way. <laughs> or Vamp's just going to put you back in the coffin. Right? Yeah. Don't put, don't put me back in the coffin. Nobody no. Puma in the coffin. <laughs> don't put baby in the uh, coffin. No, it's mm. don't put Puma in a coffin. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's from Dirty Dancing. No. You lack, Is that you where lack it's subtlety. from? <laughs> it's a movie with Patrick Swayze. Uh-uh. Look Who's it the up. girl? Who's the girl in it? I don't know. You don't know? You know. But you, yeah, but you know Patrick Swayze. Barbara Streisand? <laughs> oh, no, but, but her original nose was a little bit like Babs's nose. But not I'm, I'm, blanking, I'm blanking on her name, but she was awesome, and she's uh, something well-known. Jennifer Grey. Jennifer Grey, yeah, she's awesome. Sorry, I just – look, my movie knowledge is sick. Casey's not here. He would be flabbergasted where we went with that whole thing without talking about ninjas. He would be mad. Um, I was actually expecting Casey to be here so he could like correct all the stuff that the heels said about ninjas and all this bullshit. But Casey's he's not here. I thought so he might with- show up, but Casey is uh, Casey's studying some more. He's got some more tests this week. Um, so he he warned us last week that he probably wasn't going to be available. I but, thought he so, might pop up, but he didn't. So fuck Lucha Gringo. And- <laughs> hey, hey, we're publicly yes. traded podcast now take it easy yeah, on the no, words whatever. you can say fuck movies, we got know. google adwords <laughs> oh no oh man if they take taken away our 12 cents from this episode i'll be so angry <laughs> urban will pay you 12 cents and then yeah, he'll exactly. pay you 12 more cents <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm um, gonna i'm gonna buy a 30 dollar t-shirt so i can make 375 did you hear about this crap with uh, Connor getting stripped and this new interim thing and Jose all like the featherweight title? Can so we talk me, about me, one more thing about Lucha before we move on to MMA? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it was interesting tonight. I don't know if you guys noticed this in other weeks, but the Twitter stopped posting gifts during the broadcast. Have you seen that before? Ah. 
They didn't post any gifts at all? No. They live tweeted, but they didn't do gifts. It was like they were retweeting Hoke. Oh, yeah. You're right. Because I was going to say I did see gifts, but it was Hoke's gifts. And he, I think he said he wasn't going to gif Lucha Underground. I think because, probably, because they did it all themselves. Hmm. Well, I mean, I wonder if that's an effort to try to drive people to the actual program. Or spoilers, or maybe the West Coast feed will have them. Yeah, we'll see. That'll be interesting to find out. Well, good. Then maybe they can retweet uh, awesome fan posts more. Um, and speaking of which, before we leave Lucha and awesome fan posts, the um, we we were on um, El Rey a bunch this weekend, Byron. Me, you, and uh, Casey. Yeah! And the uh, why these episodes matter thing. We kind of did it on a lark. You know, they... Um, they, they were asking people to do fan submissions to kind of do this whole fan-hosted day. And um, we sent in a couple submissions. We just did it after the podcast one day, and uh, pretty much all of it made it to air, except for Casey talking about Nomas. Yeah, he had a very specific thing that he said about it. I guess he didn't feel it fit in with it, what they were doing. On the uh, at MMM show 75 um, feed on twitter you can see all of these things they're like these little 40 second segments with us and some other lucha underground fans i was disappointed that the heels didn't get in there but i'm kind of glad that they didn't submit because if they had they probably would have been the whole damn thing because you know yeah. how they love the heels and especially j-man in the edit yeah well if you're paying your shills you're going to get your money's worth they would have taken all of our airtime. <laughs> they would have cut our voices with j-man's face <laughs> I, I can give you I can give you all the segments we recorded and then they will have no audio because I oh. suck with the Yeah, camera. you botched and you botched worse than we did. I only lost one of two audio tracks. You lost both of your audio tracks. Yeah, we botched two and it sounded kinda of bad, but they fixed it except for one line <laughs> where Byron's kinda of yelly sounding. I I yeah. blame I blame Byron, uh and I blame the lack of uh reading the manual. But I mostly I blame Byron. I would blame Byron. I mean I keep I mean I blamed Byron for our issues, but we still got on air, so I guess it wasn't all bad. And um they uh put some weird nasty filter on the whole thing anyway to make everyone's video look shitty, so our ours, stuff still looked awesome. Ours would have probably looked way better than theirs had they not done that. Um But it was cool. I mean, uh, you know, I was surprised to wake up and thanks to uh Lucha Blog out there who um I will just say this, pointed me in the direction of those clips. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you, Lucha Blog. Everyone check out Lucha Blog's Twitter. Um, yeah, and just, uh, just search Lucha Blog, too. You can go right to his page. Like, if, you, if you're into the Lucha Libre stuff, I mean, that's, he's always got great links to be able to see videos and all the information on CMLL and AAA and Crash and all the, the cool Lucha Libre promotions outside of Lucha Underground, too. So I get a lot of... You know, we don't talk about it a lot on this show because I tend to catch up on stuff two or three weeks after the fact. <laughs> so, um, but it's whatever. Now, all right, let me talk about uh, MMA real quick. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it tonight. There's only a few few subjects that I want to touch on. The featherweight title. So Daniel Cormier is supposed to fight Rumble Johnson at UFC 206 up in Toronto. It's been this plagued card that, you know, GSP didn't get on and this, that, and the other thing. So... 
Daniel Cormier is injured, falls off the match. They almost give Gegard Mousasi the chance to fight Rumble at 205 for the 205 belt. Hilarious, the guy can't get his damn middleweight title shot, but almost had an interim title shot at 205, you know, 205 pounds. Hilarious. Anyway, um, Rumble was like, no, no, I don't want a fake belt. That's fine. I'll wait for DC or for a real match or for Jones or whatever. He didn't want that fight. So it leaves them with this belt, this pay-per-view. This is a pay-per-view. It's not a Fox Sports 1 card. And now uh, Anthony Pettis and Max Holloway is at 145 pounds is now their featured belt. So they, uh, that sets off a chain of events that, um, first of all, they decide that that fight needs to be for a belt. Connor hasn't defended um, at 145 in almost a year. Not quite a year, but almost a year. I mean, Jose was, at, was December of 2015, so it's not even been a year yet. Um, so they decide to, make, to strip Connor. Give Jose or turn Jose's current interim championship into the undisputed featherweight championship, which is nonsensical. I don't even understand why they call it the undisputed championship when clearly there's a dispute because he hasn't beaten anybody for it. (laughs) Um, I mean, he beat Frankie Edgar, but Connor put it on his chin. So then he's now the 145 champion. And keep in mind, this is not coming from Connor. Connor has said, nothing about I'm giving up my belt for this. Um, and then they're saying that this Pettis Holloway fight is now for the interim 145 belt because Jose is the champ, but he's not currently defending. And last anyone heard from him, he said he was going to throw fights and or retire. This is the guy they just chose to make the champion after stripping the guy who's making them billions of dollars. I'm so confused by all of this. Like, what is the whole point of putting two belts on the guy then to just take it away from him two weeks later when you've got a card falling apart? WWE. Short-sighted booking. Total Vince McMahon move. Yeah, like, has Dana been hanging out with Vince too much now? What is going on? This is just bad booking. If anything, you know, if you're going to strip the title, then the real title should be... Defended. That should be the next thing defended. So if you want to put it on Pettis or Holloway, fine. And then Jose still got his interim title. And then he can fight whoever's got that title and then unify it. That at least would have made more sense. Stripping Connor, I would have waited till the one year mark at least. Um, but whatever. But at the same time, do, does this Holloway Pettis fight need to be for a belt? Can it just be a five-round main event for the number one contendership against Jose? Like, this, like at no other point in time has an interim title been this pointless to me. And the fact that they're calling Jose Aldo the undisputed champion is ridiculous. It's just, and I have the same problem with them calling Cormier the undisputed champion when John Jones is sitting out there with the interim title. That's the epitome of disputed when some other guy in your weight class has an identical looking belt your title is officially disputed whether it's because of injury or whatever it makes no freaking sense i'm sorry it just makes no sense stop calling any weight class that has an interim champion and a champion is disputed 
Neither of them are the undisputed champion. Don't call them that. One's the interim champion. One's the champion. No one is the undisputed champion. I never want to hear UFC use that terminology again. I'm sure they will. Anyway, have you guys got any thoughts on it? Because I know I'm just ranting about the whole thing. It pissed me off. Uh, Why do the new owners suck so much? I mean, it's, it's Ari Emanuel, who's, you know, the <laughs> Ari from Entourage, the real-life version of Ari from Entourage. He's, you know, um, I used to... Didn't you say it was, like, re- related to somebody in Chicago or something? Rahm Emanuel, the, yeah. the mayor and former yeah. uh, chief of staff for Obama during the first term. Uh, and Rahm's crazy as hell, too. Those are yeah. some crazy boys. The Emanuel brothers are nuts. And... Um, I've I've dealt with Ari before. I was actually represented by his agency, not him specifically. I had other agents underneath him. Um, have you have you seen I, Chicago's Roads? Oh have God, you yeah. seen Chicago's Roads? And you expect people that own this company to be able to build roads and storylines? Oh no, no, it, it ain't gonna work like that, man. It's it's fucking shit. That was smooth. That was really good. Little going from A to B. I think I think we're gonna see UFC end up being a new product at some point because the new owners are gonna want to make it theirs. And there's a little bit of staying a course right now so they can keep making money, but at some point it's gonna be their UFC. And so We'll see some things that we're not used to or maybe we don't like. Well, I mean, I think we're already seeing that a little bit, and a lot of it is cost-cutting measures. I mean, they're letting a lot of guys, um, you know, I think Lorenz Larkin just came up for free agency. A few of these guys, they're letting guys come up on free agency. They're not bringing in GSP. They're not going to spend the big bucks. They're going to let every guy that wants to uh, push his luck with free agency. They're going to let guys go over to Bellator. I think they want to streamline the roster. Uh, I think they want a bigger TV deal. Um, they want to change the Ultimate Fighter. I, I, you know, I think they're going to, you know, they already got rid of the UFC rewards program. They're cutting staff everywhere. I think, you know, the first thing that they're going to do before they really refashion the company is streamline the company. Yeah. Um, you know, when the Reebok deal is up, I think they'll do something different there. I think, you know, they're just going to kind of, I think they're buying their time trying to keep cost low for a while while they get their feel for it but i think at the same time while they're doing that they could be building a little more goodwill you know like it seems like they can't afford the company well they they can but it came with a lot of debt too i mean they can't afford to run it like like lorenzo and frank were running it lorenzo and frank bought it for like two million dollars and sold it for 4.2 billion you know so Clearly, they, it was all in the black for them at this point in time. So they could pretty much do whatever they wanted. But for someone else to buy it, they're in the red. They went into debt buying the company. I mean, they have yeah. loans and whatnot. So there's a different way you have to operate a business. But um, Ari Emanuel, I will say this, is a very personable guy. He's rough around the edges. He's got kind of the – he curses a lot. And he's like, you know, he, he is very similar to the TV show character. I did – uh, a pilot with him because um, he's friends and the agent of Craig Pelegian who runs Pilgrim, who's the creator of Ultimate Fighter. Um, and, you know, Craig sent me and a crew and some other people out to do this pilot, and Ari was part of it. He's crazy, 
but he's a personable guy. He's really entertaining. He's very fun to be around. He is very similar to the Ari Gold character from Entourage. And I don't understand why you're not seeing some of that with the fighters. You know, like he deals with talent and people who are creatives and athletes all the time. I don't understand why he's having Dana do everything and not putting some FaceTime himself into it. Why isn't he taking a meeting with Conor McGregor? Seems like Conor McGregor would be the kind of guy that's right up his alley. It's a smart-talking, kind of foul-mouthed, um, very forward, business-savvy kind of kid. Like, that that strikes me as exactly the kind of thing Ari Emanuel likes. Anyway. Yeah, but what do you think? Like, he buys this new company and – and uh, you know he's the boss, right? He's the owner. But there's a certain, there's a few certain like big deals that he's inheriting. Like one of them would be like Brock Lesnar, who they paid more money than they pay anyone, and then he then he pops hot. And then you have Conor McGregor, who's this little Irish dude who mouths off and brings in money, but like he shows no respect to his new owners or the old ones. And so it's like you're coming in, and it's like his money makers are misbehaving. Well, Rhonda is a good example of that too. And Dana is very tight with Rhonda. So I could see that, but at the same time, GSP is very respectful. GSP, however, is represented by CAA, not WME. It's represented by their big rival. So are several other individuals who, oh my gosh, imagine this popped up today trying to form a, another fighters association. They say it's not a union, but um, you had Tim Kennedy, Cowboy Cerrone, GSP, um, a couple other big names, along with Bjorn Rebney, the guy who used to run Bellator. They all pop up today with the MMA AA, which is the MMA um, association or something, whatever. Um, basically, they're trying to come after UFC like a union without unionizing nationally and just coming with a fighters association because they don't want to take the time to unionize. But GSP was spouting off about, you know, respecting fighters and getting a bigger piece of the pie and how they want 50% of revenues instead of 8% of revenues. Um, like they're coming after him now. And these are the big names and Cowboy Cerrone, big name. And he was talking about how, you know, in the past he would have never spoken up, but now he's got something to say. And I mean, he's a draw. He might not have ever been a champion in UFC, but he is a big draw, man. The flyover states love them some Cowboy Cerrone. That's a good old boy right there. You know, he, he pops a number. He, he's got that whole leftover Matt Hughes and Chuck Liddell number. Mm. He's getting all those guys to watch. If you, you know, driving a pickup truck and you like to fight and Cowboy's your guy. And he's perfect for it. And now he's speaking out against the company. Amazing. I never thought that that would happen. I mean, Cowboy is a hothead, but he's a team player too, and he doesn't go against the grain unless he really feels like there's some merit to it. Um, so that was the other big MMA news this week, this weird belt situation at 206, that. And then DJ, Demetrius Johnson, is fighting against whoever wins this tournament for the ultimate fighter, which I still just think is weird. Like how is some guy who is just coming into fighting going to be the dude that's probably the pound for pound best in MMA. It just doesn't even seem fair. I thought the idea was cool at first, but we'll see. All right, Byron WWE. Yeah. I want to talk about it. I, yeah. I watched all of it this week. Um, Great. 
Uh, the women on SmackDown need to cut better promos. They what? They need to cut better promos. Probably. They've got the right material, but the way they're using it is is not hitting the markers for some reason to me. I haven't seen SmackDown, but I know that they're doing a tables match with Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss. I'm excited about that. I don't think Alexa Bliss is anywhere near the level as Becky Lynch, but I'm a, she's she does great character work and she does all right. I, I just I, I'm happy that they're getting the chance and they're getting these opportunities and that's how they're going to grow. But I also think like they're like this is the actual super forced women's revolution where they're running through every single first women's gimmick match in one pay-per-view cycle. Well, uh, if you're referring to the, the Sasha Charlotte thing from Monday, yeah, good gracious. That was a, uh, it went from a, a, a quick match with a count out to a no DQ falls count anywhere. Yeah. Brawl. <laughs> but what did yeah, you think you know, of that match? Did you, I saw, match? I saw the end of it. I thought it was okay, but you know, it wasn't like a men's false count anywhere match as far as WWE men's false count anywhere match, because these are two wrestlers who like Charlotte learned how to wrestle four years ago or however it was. I like the big spot off the announce table. I thought that that was great. I thought that was every bit as yeah. good as, as Seth Rollins jumping off the, uh, the entryway the week before. No, they're good with spots, but just in general, they haven't done these types of uh, sort of in-the-crowd ECW garbage fighting matches. Like, there's a, still a bit of clumsiness in these matches, and it's good they're doing it and they right. get so they can get better, but like the first big false count anywhere match for in a main event of a show is going to be live on Raw, and I, I still think they have a ways to go. I also think like they had their big Hell in the Cell match, and this is kind of like... <laughs> Uh, they didn't let Charlotte do her moonsault at Hell in the Cell, so they're gonna let her do it. At well, this and show. that was a mistake. They should have. They should have done that, and then they should have. That should have been the blow off, and there shouldn't be any more of right. Charlotte and Sasha right now. They need to stop fighting each other, and I'm tired of the female wrestlers in WWE crying when they win the belt. Now, when you're at NXT. And there's a little bit of loosening of the kayfabe because you're rooting for the person to succeed at their job. That's cool. But this is this is the show. Like These are characters. I don't want the boss to all of a sudden lose composure when she gets what she wants. Yeah. Well, now, that being said, I got to say that I love everything that's going on with KO. And... I don't know that that's good for the sport because the reason why I love it is I feel like KO as the champion is kind of giving raw this indie show feel, you know, where yeah. you just got these fun angles and this semi heel, uh, you know, guy wearing the belt. And I love it because I think it's for me, but I'm sitting here going, man, the wrestling public at large, this is kind of a downgrading of yeah the the title to me do you think ko is like too much of a like a smart presentation as opposed to like a roy nelson champion yeah i think so i think so and you know having jericho there helps um and the stuff that they're doing is just brilliant i mean i love the comedy bits and then him getting serious and ko playing the straight man on top of it but ko plays for comedy too 
Like, and I think Dean has the same problem. Um, you know, he, he, the stuff he was doing with Ellsworth, I don't, if you haven't watched it, you'll see it this week. The stuff he was doing with Ellsworth this week was really smart, really quippy. And even the crowd kind of turned on him for it because it was like, yeah, dude, you're making funny jokes and you're turning them into, you know, your, your little senpai, your kohai or whatever. And, but it didn't go over. Like it didn't really yeah. work. Um, cause maybe it is too smart. Like I popped for it and I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. But I don't know. I think maybe some of these people were right that these guys are not necessarily the ready for primetime guys. I, I think it's Roman Reigns is either, but yeah, well, I think it's still presentation. I think Roman Reigns is actually very good, but he's not presented in the way that he uh, is in a way that he's good at being presented. But I, Kevin Owens, the best thing that he ever did in the ring was powerbomb John Cena, step on John Cena's belt and raise his belt up in the air. That's a very simple, I'm the champ, I'm a, my my championship is worth more. And if at Survivor Series he did that to AJ Styles, then it would have been worth talking about. Well, look, Survivor Series was fun as a show. I really liked it as an individual standalone thing. But the storylines and how they built stuff out of it was terrible. Yeah, it was just terrible. Um, you know, I like the Lesnar angle. I like the Lesnar Goldberg angle. I like where they're Me going too. with it. I don't know how much they're going to get out of Goldberg or how far they're going to go with this thing. But you know. Obviously, they're both announced for Royal Rumble. Um, they're the only two entrants so far. Um, I like to see that build, but you know, both Raw and SmackDown got to get through a pay per view <laughs> this in the next two weeks, I think, or whatever. I mean, there's so much WWE and UFC right now; it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, that's my thoughts. You got anything you want to add, Urban? <clears throat> this is the Fed. This is the Fed. It's not a amateur hour. It's um, if this is what people aspire to be, and this is their dream, and you come in and you can't fulfill your obligation. What does that say about your company? Um, if NXT is doing something better, I you know I don't know. I don't know if NXT is doing anything better. Uh, <laughs> I don't watch this shit. Well, I mean, but, like. NXT is doing a few if things you, better. If somebody like Byron and you, they you that's both that's complain that's about their main show Raw, and it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if there's so many imperfections in these performers, then why are they in the like the Fed? Why why do people try to obtain? Why do wrestlers try to get here? If it's just amateur hour, I mean, what does that say about your fucking company? Well, WWE is trying to bring people on the show so they can sell merch with someone new, a new person's face on it. Yeah. Mm. I feel like uh, it's all about a Bailey uh, heel turn. You need Finn Balor back as a, as a baby face. You need a Bailey uh, heel turn. Um, you need to get uh, the glorious one, Mr. Rude, off of NXT. Yeah. Sadly, uh, look, he's, he's great on there. I love him on there, but at the same time, I think he is ready for prime time. I think he's more ready for prime time than half the Raw roster. Um, and yeah. you can't take Joe off of there. You can't take Shinsuke off of there. So I think Bobby Rude's going to have to come up. 
Um, I'd like to see Bobby Roode debut at WrestleMania. We'll see. And, and I'd like Finn Balor to come back. I think that will definitely help matters a lot. I like the Randy Orton, uh, Bray Wyatt thing. I think that was a, that was a good angle. <laughs> I, I saw this really good move where Randy Orton was, it might have been a house show, but he was going to uh, RKO someone. He did the whole Viper stalking, pounding on the mat thing, and then stands up and eye pokes the guy, walks away, <laughs> tags out of a match. That's the greatest heel move ever, man. Classic. <laughs> Just almost as good as the old dick kick. Yeah. It's classic Roddy, classic Roddy Piper. Classic. Classic back rake, man. You gotta do that. You back ain't heel if you ain't back raking. Back raking? No, that's what the All American Hulk Hogan used. All right. Well, oh, look, I'm gonna Lord. get out of here. I want to go watch the uh, West Coast feed and see this episode again and go live tweet it again. So I'm gonna go watch some more Lucha Underground since I just talked about Lucha Underground and watch Lucha Underground. I'm gonna go watch some more. Byron, book us a cool guest for a week or two from now. What do you? Is that a Cerro Miedo? I'm Cerro Miedoing. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'm trying to survive one day at a time at work. I sent <laughs> you some pictures from what we did today. Oh, God, you should see these pictures. Byron is, like, destroying things and then having to film them being destroyed and having them destroyed on him, and everything about his life is destruction and mayhem. No yeah. one hit me with a light bulb today. Destruction, terror, and mayhem. Pass me a sissy soul sucker. I slay him. It's a little cool, J-Man. I know that. You know, I know that. I know it's one of my favorite songs. All right. All right. Well, for Urban Heretic, cool. for Jimmy V, for Byron Fever, I am Justin Harvey. We are out of here. Until next time, stay calm. Stay in the mix. Stay in the mix.